Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This is the first one that I really want to remake. Oh, I think this I think this would be a great remake. Because I think there's the kernel of an excellent yes. story. Yeah. But the actual film and it's that's why weird. I wanted us to watch it. Yeah. It's so weird. Well let's get into it's it. Just mad. Yeah. Let's get into it. Start the start start the uh, right. script, James. All right. It right, began okay, in Africa. An ancient kingdom with legends of violence, cruelty, and torment in its blood. Join your hosts, Ross, John, and James, as they bravely tread where few would dare. Witness their journey into the horrific history of British horror. They are... The General Witchfinders. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, goblins and ghouls, to the 23rd episode of the General Witchfinders podcast. I'm James in Bournemouth in Southern England. I'm John Pountney and I'm in Treforest tonight, which is in South Wales. I got bored Ooh. of saying the other thing. It was just doing my head in. And I don't want to get I don't want to get confined by um <laughs> just keeping the, the, the listener happy. <laughs> the thing is that they come they they come for a certain thing. If you start Yeah, I, oh. out, you know. This is John Pountney and I'm in South Wales, which is in the there south we go. of Brilliant. Wales. Uh, and I'm Ross in Dorchester in Southern England, and today, in this episode, we cover the Oberlong Box. My brother Edward has died. Where is he going to be buried? As soon as you've found another body. Do you realise the penalty for body snatching is hanging? You're a forger and an embezzler, and now you're going to become a body snatcher.
to assist you in your experiments. Oblong box, no air to breathe, every shovelful raining down on the lid. God, Trench, do you know what that means? It means that my brother was buried alive. The Oblong Box is a 1969 British horror film directed by Gordon Hessler, it's starring the King of Grand Guignol, the Merchant of Menace, the Master of Horror. Vincent Price, as well as Christopher Lee and Alastair Williamson. This was the first film to star both Price and Lee. Loosely based on the 1844 short story, The Oblong Box, it explores and combines several themes, yeah, several themes typical to the work of Edgar Allan Poe, such as premature burial and masked figures, with the non-Poe theme of voodoo ritual killing. The film was produced by the British subsidiary of American International Pictures, Price, Davis, and, D- and Dwyer had recently appeared in Witchfinder General under the direction mm. of Michael Reeves, and on mm. 18th of November 1968, the four also began working on the Oblong Box. The original script had the Markham brothers as twins, both played by Vincent oh. Price. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Christopher Wicking was brought in to do some additional dialogue. He says AIP were keen to put the film into production and to take advantage of Witchfinder's success, and that they also had promised him that when uh, they promised him when the sleeper wakes and a film about Christ coming to the modern day. <laughs> Wicking says that Oblong Box was the carrot. <laughs> However. Reeves fell ill during pre-production, so Hessler steps in and made a number of substantial changes. With the help of Christopher Wicking, he reworked the screenplay to incorporate the theme of imperial exploitation of native peoples in Africa. This theme gave the film a pro-black appearance that would later cause it to be banned in Texas. Oh really? my God. Chris Wicking is dead. Good Lord. Carry on, James. Uh, no, it's all right. <laughs> The leading role of the film was given to character actor Alastair Williamson, his first. Although he has the largest amount of screen time, more than either Price or Lee, his real mm. voice is never heard. It was redubbed by another actor, like Sam Jones in uh, Flash Gordon, and his <laughs> face is covered for the majority of the film. Hessler says that AIP insisted that he used Hilary Dyer. I don't know what the situation was, but they liked her and they kept pushing you to use certain actors. I guess mm. the management must have short that the management must have thought she was star material or something mm. like that. Mm. Shooting <laughs> took place at Shepperton Studios with sets designed by the art director George Provis. The score was composed by Harry Robertson, who later worked on several Hammer Horrors. It Bryce did. and Christopher Lee were born on the same day, May the 27th. <laughs> And Peter Cushing was born on the 26th. What's yeah, Peter that's Cushing right. Got to do True that? story. Just True saying. story. Just saying. All right, okay. They're united in horror, aren't they? Yeah. Maybe so. That's right. But like you, us three, really, isn't it? We, yeah. are, we have taken on their mantle. Yeah. And somewhere, we'll yeah. have a picture taken when we all look really skeletal. And, uh, <laughs> uh, Christopher, uh, can I just say at the start that Vincent Price, at best, phones this in, doesn't he? And at worst... <laughs> 
I don't think is even present in what's happening in front of him. I was saying I've never enjoyed a film with um, Vincent Price in it today, and um, that record is still unbroken. You didn't enjoy this? Uh, It was okay. It was okay. (sighs) But it wasn't, I've got to say that it wasn't down to Vincent Price. When we, we mess up, First there wasn't enough titties. Well, there was no, there was no, there was, there was, no, there was, there was no bums with jelly on. <laughs> there was no nails stuck in someone's head. There was a surprising amount of titties in this. For yeah, there but, were. Yeah, it was. Um, I, was I was worried my daughter was going to come in the room while I was watching it. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was. I was saying that Vincent Price for me, he, he doesn't act or sound, no. or look like any human being I've ever come across. I've, Besides Vincent Price. Heard, yeah, <laughs> what is his accent? Where is he from? You know, He just looks like Vincent Price in every film, except this film mm. where he looks particularly ancient, and his face is so craggy and wrinkled, and it's, it looks like it's hanging off his skull. He's it's got so, so much loose. powder on him, isn't it? That's yeah. why. And then he's having trying to do these love scenes with Hilary Dwyer, <laughs> who I, I checked this, I got the sums wrong the other other day. At this point, Vincent Price was fifty eight. Wow! And she was twenty four. Oh my god! <laughs> so it's just—it's really hard to. It's not a hard watch because it's you know, but it just looks creepy and weird. I think it? he played her, her father in another film. <laughs> <Yeah>. No, <laughs> wouldn't surprise me. But uh, yeah, but he still went on to have such a long career after this, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When yeah. did he stop working? It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, well, it was in Edward Scissorhands, which is like oh yes, more than twenty years after this, isn't it? Yeah. What year was Edward Scissorhands? I think that was his last film. Eighty nine, so eighty nine, ninety, something say. like that, wasn't but it? Come on, yeah. you know, thriller. Vincent yeah. the rapper <laughs> Price, as he's listed. <laughs> Anyway, as we said earlier, it begins in Africa, ka, 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 ka. Mm. so you'll have to edit that in, please. And I want mm. a good um, echo on my voice and there for ka, 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 Ulri, ka, 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 ka. Okay. The other thing I want you to edit in at some point is from the uh, like extended anniversary edition of Thriller, yeah. there's the full Vincent Price version of the rap, as it were, from Thriller. And it features off, it finishes off with him going, can you dig it? <laughs> Which is amazing. <laughs> I, I think I think if, um, that I put that into our um, Doctor Five's episode, but I'm happy to. Oh, put I'll it, put it in again. Put it in Revisit again. it. Yeah. Okay, tape rolling. Anytime you want. Hi, this is Michael Jackson. This is Vincent Price. Michael Jackson is the thriller. <laughs> Do we both say it? Say it together. I say inviting you to. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Anytime, test rolling. Hi, this is Michael Jackson. And this is Vincent Price inviting you to the the thriller. Darkness falls across the land. The midnight hour is close at hand. Creatures crawl in search of blood. To terrorize y'all's neighborhood. And whosoever shall be found without the soul for getting down must stand and face the hounds of hell and rot inside a corpse's shell. The demons squeal in sheer delight. It's you they spy, so plump 
so right. For though the groove is hard to beat, yet still you stand with frozen feet. You try to run, you try to scream, but no more sun you'll ever see. For evil reaches from the crypt to crush you in its icy grip. The foulest stench is in the air, the funk of forty thousand years, and grisly ghouls from every tomb are closing in to seal your doom. And though you fight to stay alive, your body starts to shiver, for no mere mortal can resist the evil of the thriller. Can you dig it? <laughs> <laughs> It's great fun. <laughs> great dagger. Cut. Um, okay. All right. So it starts with Vincent yeah. in the bush. Um, he's lurking, and we see there's a lot of othering going on here, isn't there? Where mm. it's making Africans look very um, scary, weird, and kind of uh, unearthly. I've, yes. Yeah, I've put my no- opening notes are. I hope every a- African actor in this was paid very, very well <laughs> yes. for this. Because, my God, it's the most exploitative thing you can possibly imagine. I was thinking, uh, is this okay for me to watch this? Is, is this acceptable <laughs> for us to talk it, about? It is exploitative, but also it is actually quite, um, it, it is quite atypical of its time. Yeah. Where I, I've made note of some of the lines where uh, colonial history, it, uh, British colonial history, is is taken quite a dim view of. Which mm. for any of uh, films of this era, I can't think of any film that does that mm. really. That's um, especially a, a kind of a very quick B movie where you know they they just were probably pissed most of the time. <laughs> 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 so anyway, there's this weird ritual. Uh, I say weird in inverted commas because I don't really know. It's obviously a load of hokum that's that's kind of put together. But we're kind of led to believe we're somewhere in Africa. I don't think the mm. is the con- the country's never named, is it? No, it's it's just, Afri- just Africa. It's, it's yeah. just Africa, that yeah. giant country of Africa. Yeah. Um, where we see Vincent Price kind of peeking through some bushes <laughs> and then... Um, I can't remember if we find out at that point if it is his brother, but someone no. else who is white is being messed up. It's being dragged natives. in. And then, and then we, yeah. we get the... Um, Nailed up. Yeah, to Nailed like a, up, a yeah. St. Andrew's cross. And, yeah, and um, then his face is messed up. In well, it. we don't see what happens. But this is where we get like a, the, the first of many POV shots. Yeah. In this, yes. Which first is the first person they love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, they it, which is quite... Love. Yeah. It made, made me think, I've written down here, it's, it's like... Um, it's, it's like an African version of Peep Show at this point. <laughs> it's weird because they do it a lot, but they don't always do it for the same person. No. Which mm. which usually in a film, if you're having a POV shot, it, it's always from one person and that's how it works. Whereas in this film, 
they do it from loads of people and it becomes quite confusing later on. But it was obvious they were um, hiding the face of the of the guy, so which I yes. felt like, well, this is going to be the reveal at the end of the film. Of, mm. of, of well, what, of course. Yes, of course. Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just I've, I've just looked up that um, Edward mm. Hand was 1990. Oh, oh okay. So how old was he then, then? Very old. He was born in like 1911, I think. He was born in 1911, yeah. Yeah, the year after my nan. So he was 89 then. Yeah. Or 88 or or whatever. But his his final final, um, credit was um, playing the the voice of Zigzag in The Thief and the Cobbler. Oh, right. Lovely. And what year did he die, Cleve? He died in 1993, age 82. Wow. Aged 82? Yes, 1993. Am, am I am I not very good at sums? So if he was born in 1993, and this is 1968. Minus, oh, 1968 minus. 1911. Maths is fun, kids. <laughs> 19, uh, 82, yeah. You're not very good at maths. So in 90, so subtract ni- from 19- 1969, 1911. Okay. Hot maths, actually. 1969. Why have you got a calculator there? Like it's... <laughs> because I need both for my job. Sums, John. Yeah. Cut Clive Sinclair. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go on. 58. He was 58. Oh, yeah, my son's all right. He was 58. So, yeah, he was very old. Um, so, anyway, we have a bizarre title sequence, which doesn't really go with the film. Yeah, sort of which zooms just, in on his eyes however, and it turns into just, a painting, doesn't well, it? Well, yeah. j- just, just before that, my, my feeling was it was very reminiscent of Live and Let Die. That whole kind of yeah. voodoo, you know. Yes. I, when I was watching, it, I was like, "This reminds yeah. me of the voodoo sequences from Live and Let Die," yeah. which was was made what kind of six, six, seven years later. Yeah, not that long, seventy three, I think. Okay. but it was all part of that sort of um, era that of era. Um, of yeah, yeah, fear, yeah. Mm. fear of the African, of, of wasn't there? Voodoo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, Live and Let Die is black exploitation, but I think it is slightly yeah. predates black. Blacks, it's not an easy word to say. Black exploitation as a genre. But um, so we have a bizarre title sequence. Then we're straight back to comforting bosom of Victorian England. Yeah, it looks like Wayne um, Manor, doesn't it? And they sort of zoom zoom into a window in the house um, to reveal what's happened to that man now. Yes, Mm. and I've said um, it's as overlit as usual. Whoever (laughs) lit this um, probably for some kind of union rules um <laughs> knowing the 19s late 60s early 70s in britain just seems to have like put one large overhead bulb on yeah. to every scene <laughs> <laughs> it's literally like the most lacking in kind of um suspenseful lighting that you can imagine or in some scenes you can't see anything so at all dark yeah that it's so dark there was a point because i was watching it on youtube and there was a point where youtube fucked up and it just went black but i yeah. didn't notice for ages because it, i yeah, just thought it was tell. i just thought it was outside <laughs> i'm just i'm immediately reminded of when stanley kubrick made barry Lyndon, and you yeah. know that that basically he was like it's got to be all natural lighting yeah yeah and yeah, yeah. candle lights candle lights it's just good and they invented that new lens in order to get enough light in for the natural light and all of that imagine like him trying to make it back then Basically, Gov, you can have one big light. Mm. <laughs> but, but, but no, 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 no. You, you don't understand. It's 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 got to be how it was in 1740. You get one big light, Gov. I'm <laughs> going to lunch in five minutes. <laughs> yeah. You have the big light or nothing. Your Talk choice. to the union. Talk to <laughs> <Exactly>. the union. <laughs> That's what I imagine would have happened. Um, so um, we get POV shot of get him here on the bed. 
And then yes. we get, get a crash zoom. It feels like a, some chains, which I think makes it very um, avert from the get-go that we're talking about slavery, mm. um, entrapment, people being confined, and that is given this kind of um, African vibe. I've, and then I've written, Price's craggy, baggy eyes. <laughs> There's a lot of close-ups of his eyes, and his eyes are so lined and baggy. And, and I know for a fact that at this point, Vincent Price was the same age as Johnny Marr is today. <laughs> Johnny Marr doesn't look the same age as Vincent Price in this film. Um, like I said, his, his, the skin of his face appears to be hanging away from his skull. It's so mm. baggy. And then his hair is kind of yes, brilliantined into this weird shape. And oh my God, he's a very tall man as well. Yeah, I've looked he? up, he's, he's big six foot four. He's, yeah. he's, a, he's an inch taller than me. He would have been also, good playing a Cyberman, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. I was immediately reminded, I'm going to sound like I'm very poncy and pretentious now, but I was reminded of Jane Eyre, the Charlotte Bronze mm. Jane Eyre, because, of course, Mr. Rochester has the first Mrs. Yes. Rochester yeah. locked upstairs in the loft, and she is from the West Indies. Yeah. Oh! So, so even though the brother is not from the West Indies, but it's still that thing of British yeah. Empire going out to Empire, bringing something yeah. back, Something yeah. that you're ashamed of, some form of shame has come back with you, yes. and now you're locking it away upstairs. So anyway, there you are. That's that's an excellent reading, James. Thank that you. Also Thank reminds you. me that of I Walk with a Zombie, which <laughs> is by the same director as Cat People, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head. Mm. But that is basically the story of Jane Eyre, but it's set in the Caribbean. Wow! And they do, and and it's basically uh, it's it's the same story, but it's to do with voodoo and zo- mm. zombification as okay. well. Um, Jacques Jacques Turner, uh, Jacques Turner, yeah. Who also did an, um, the M R James adaptation, Night of the Demon, which is um, on the list. The the mm. the um uh, uh runes ca- casting the rune. Yeah. So anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, it, we're building a picture here, forensic picture of post-colonial guilt mm. told through the prism of Vincent Price. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next scene, so we get, we're going to have to go really fast through this. Yeah, then we, we go to so the set of plot. Oliver here. Uh, yeah, so we go to yes, dodgy yes. Victoria, Victoriana, looking ne'er-do-well and gentleman, yeah. filthy stench. I've, I've quoted a lot of lines here because the lines are really the most... Whoever added the lines to this film, I don't know if it was Chris Wicking, like, God help them if they brought him in to add these lines because there's some real stinkers in yep. this, isn't there? Um, so when he takes this, he will be as dead. I'm going to re- try really hard not to do some Jamaican accents. Jamaican accents, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because this, uh, the, the accents are very, very variable in this, aren't yep. they? Um, so they, they, yeah, what, so what we, are they trying to do? They're two guys. Well, this is what I was trying to it. work out. Yeah, because I, I got a bit stuck. What they were trying <laughs> to do. Very so, so we got two two gentlemen go to which is is a uh, a boarding house slash brothel where they brothel, they're, they're yeah. hiding a a, a black gentleman who is um, yeah. stirring a cauldron and doing some kind of like um, voodoo magic. Mm. Well, um, he's a witch doctor, we find out he later, is, isn't yes. he? He is yeah. the witch doctor. Witch doctor. But not the same witch doctor at the beginning, it's a different one. Yes, which yeah. is a bit confusing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because um, you kind of presume at the first, at the start, that he is part of the same cult or no. same thing that's happening, but it's like, 
and if he isn't part of that same cult, what is he doing in um, Shoreham-on-Sea or wherever it is? We find out later. <laughs> yeah. He's just turned up there to do some voodoo magic. Well, apparently, yeah. Yeah, apparently he needs to get back to Africa. So he's doing a job for them, which he wants gold for. And this is one of the, the, the many um, times where people are just, uh, when they ask for payment, they just get thrown a, bo- a bag of gold. A, ba- a bag of mm. stuff, yeah. Yes. You don't know what's in it. You don't know how much no. is in there. but could you know, be anything. Guineas. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Could well, be gravel. We get to get some guineas later on. Um, yeah, so it, they, they are hire, hiring him to do something for them. Um, yeah. So then um, we see Vincent going for a walk in the park with his, um, mm. his child bride. Um, and I've written that the, the substance of their relationship is walks and walking. rambles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. they do is walk about. And a That's very it. uncomfortable kiss at one point where he gives her <laughs> like a peck on the cheek. But is that the same bridge as we saw in um, Dracula AD 1972 where they threw Almost, the almost certainly. It's Black Park, yes. I'm pretty sure like we've that. seen that bridge at least yeah, once yeah, yeah, or yeah. maybe yeah, twice. It surprise me. Um, so at this point, he, he um, utters the immortal lines. Um, utters the immortal lines. I was miles away. I was back in Africa, oh, which, is, <laughs> which I just thought that's already like, like what? <laughs> uh, and I, also, I've got to say that I really dislike the music in this film. It just meandered yeah, all jarring. over the place. I found it's, it. It's, it made me think of like. Um, Star Trek the original series kind of music. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, it, it's like, um, it's it doesn't sound like music that's made specifically for a scene. It's no. like, it just sounds like stock music mm. over the top. And then they, they go past a, um, a, a church where so, someone's been grave robbing. And basically, yes. Vincent Price just laughs about yeah. it with the vicar. <laughs> Within yeah, earshot yeah. of the people who are sadly yeah. picking and through a, the remains of a, a, a coffin. There's a coffin in it with a corpse in it, isn't there? No. Which, it, you know, is a scene you come across every day in the English countryside in uh, the 1860s. Um, I, I, <laughs> I got to say that although these films are, are shit, <laughs> I do find them tremendously comforting. Yeah. <laughs> I, and it's just these, it's these vivid, like, fever dream-like, scenarios that kind of make them for me because they don't they don't stand up to any kind of rational but it's, 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 critique, it, you can tell they? they're just writing backwards we need to establish there are grave Mish, robbers why so, yeah. so show a, a scene of robbing yeah. Yeah. yeah we need to establish that there's magic in Africa so we need to it, yeah. it's, it's caught yeah. in the act um, mm. so another another line that pops up here every man wants to be free another absolutely sledgehammered in line that's just really <laughs> pushing <laughs> the point home with this entrapment thing and then um then they mention then they mention i'm so um yeah you, way you over my look, head you need to look for the subtext in things please um and then they took a mention that they're going to put his face together again so obviously this is Mr. Trench, who's a bit, ah, yes. of, bit like who's quite good and a bit like a bit Bond villainy, and reminded me of um, Mr. Tweep and Mr. Noodle, or whatever they're called in Diamonds Are Forever. What yeah. are they called? The um, I can't remember. I, the I know pair what you of mean them. those guys. What are they called? The bald one the, and the, the other the, guy. The one who they suggest that, that Sean Connery is violated in some way at the end. Yeah. Yeah. With, with, with a with a pronged instrument. <laughs> yeah, and they give him. Do they give him bomb surprise? 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking about how mad that, that film is. We should, oh, explain, we should explain to you, Trent, uh, Trench is one of the gentlemen from earlier. So yes. this is why I got yes. confused, because it, it felt he's got his own plan, but he's also doing a plan for Vincent Price. But also you find when he goes upstairs to see the masked Edward guy, yeah. He's doing a plan he's done, for him as well. He's done a plan for yeah. him. And yes. I didn't realize, I couldn't work out what any of those plans were and who, yes. was, who was being no. double crossed yeah, yeah, or yeah. what. There's, there's very little explication and very little is made clear at any point. Yes. So, um, whereas with lots of films, you get too much. Um, ex- what's it called? Extrapolation. Not extrapolation. Right. Explication. Um, exposition. Exposition. You, right. you know, in some films you get too much exposition. In this film, you get no exposition. Exposition, no. And you're kind of watching a load of scenes happen in the dark, and you're just <laughs> like, "What the hell is going on here?" But then Mr. Trench goes in to visit the, the locked-up brother, who straight away starts to strangle him. Um, well, I, we we need to point out this is I, I put for fuck's sake, Trench, in my notes. Because, right, Christopher Lee goes, he's basically deranged. Don't get too <laughs> close to him. He, you know, he could go wild at any second. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, all right. I'm not well, scared. I must, I, must, I must say to you, do not stand where he could touch you. And Trench yeah. walks in and basically goes and stands <laughs> next to him. Yeah. I'm like, for fuck's sake, Trench. Did you listen to nothing? You've just yeah. been told. Come on, and then, man. He, and then he comes out, and Vincent Price says to him, I can't allow anyone to see him, him again. Ever, ever. again. <laughs> and it's like, That's whoa, it. You've ruined it. That, You've ruined that it. really escalated. <laughs> He's a man of absolute. Yeah. So then, um, yeah. so then Trench goes off, and then comes back with the witch doctor, throws some gravel at the window, yes. and then with a blowpipe, then- delivers a little... Dart. Or, or Dart. Bead, or a bead or something. Whatever it is, it? maybe. Or does he eat the bead? And then he eats the bead and then he du- supposedly dies. Leaks, dies. Yes. Yeah. And then from, from nowhere, yeah. Vincent Price has this ornate leather studded coffin, which he immediately <laughs> puts his brother into. Yeah. So he gets us nailing it up. Yeah. Did it, I love the bit where they're trying to hammer it down and Vincent Price. Literally, his hand is like doing the softest so, hammering you've I, ever I, I seen. I thought it was the softest hammering. I thought I was rubbish at woodwork <laughs> at school, but I'm mean, surprised takes it to another level. <laughs> I think what they're trying to do is that to escape, Edward will appear dead, then he will be taken out in a coffin, yes. and then he will be let out of the coffin, and he'll be free. How yes. he's managed to contact to convey Trench, that. Yeah, no, no one knows. <laughs> But it's like it's so very what, convoluted, isn't it? And yes. how Trench has gone, I know how we can get him out of here. Yeah. Let's get a witch doctor over from Africa. <laughs> I'll get him set up in a brothel slash comedy club because every time they go in there, you can just see people going laughing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I will in bring this up later. Jay. That's the sound of sex. Yeah, okay, good. Yeah. Don't, don't you make that noise when you're having sex? Just, just <laughs> <laughs> constantly sex. There you go. That's the sound of it. Right. So yeah, so he goes yes, and then he'll he'll make him look like he's dead, and then we'll get him out of there. Yeah, it's the most ridiculous so plan. But it's a massively convoluted plan which they don't follow through on. No, well, no, because Vincent Price at this point there's a spanner in the works. The plan and says, and basically, when he finds the dead body, he says, "Oh, Edward, why did they have to take you?" This yeah. is a line which at no point in the film is explained who the they are. They are. <laughs> and, 
Well, uh, just so basically, what Vincent Price then says is that um, the people of the village are going to have to come and look at him lying in state because this is some yeah. kind of um, British um, tradition. Uh, tradition. Oh, no, no, that it's, I, it's I'm what certainly their not aware of. He oh, says, it's what, well, don't what you their family do? Oh, right, our, okay. fa- our family like to, raw, you know, make it make a big scene of dying. Why would you do that? Yeah, but this is like, what, it's so weird. So he's, he's brought Trench back now. So this is yeah. there's lots of people going away and coming back to the back, same building yeah. Um, yeah. in this. Yeah. Brings Trench back, tells him that he has to go and get a replacement body so they can put this person in state, mm. um, and then yeah. uh, they can then get rid of that body and then swap. The, then they can bury the br- their brother, and it's just like. In and, short, and, this is weird. Exactly. It's yeah. so confusing. <laughs> also, Vincent Price was really upset his brothers died, but then when Trace yeah. comes back, he's like relishing in it and, and finding he, it funny. He's finding it very jovial. And then he's also very jovial that he's found out that Trench is embezzling money from the plantation. Yeah. And thus yeah. he's got a he's got a means to blackmail Trench to swap the bodies. And it's <laughs> yeah. all just like whoa. <laughs> Which is this is like one gothic story, but it's like we're only like twenty minutes into the film at this point, and at this point, it's like eight different gothic stories that are all kind of crammed <laughs> what, into yeah. one. Yeah. And none of them are the story of the oblong box because I've just <laughs> read what the, what happens in the oblong box, and it's nothing to do with this. No, I think all they do is it take title, isn't it? Yeah. Um, at this around now, we meet Christopher Lee, Big Chris Lee, in a yes. in a, in another weird toupee, <laughs> um, aged up. Very, he's, he's got a very Britpop haircut, yeah. I noticed. <laughs> I've, yeah, I've I put don't... Big Chris Lee Claxon. He's yeah. here. <laughs> I think he was only on set for two days, was he? Because <laughs> he never leaves the same set, does he? He's literally in the same room for all of his scenes. Yeah, he, even then he was like demanding that. He, yeah, I, so. I will not do this more than two days. I was about to say, you, you, you can imagine the agent bringing him up. Christopher Darling. I've got a, I've I've got a production for you. It's it's oblong box. It, it, it's a it, it's it's a funny little piece. It's a, it's a, it's a it's a horror show. Do I have to be Dracula? <laughs> no, darling. No, darling. You don't have to be Dracula. But we've got a, a, a grey toupee. Grey toupee. And uh, I have one question: Will I be paid in cash? And can I complete my filming in two days? I need to return to Spain. Yeah. Of course, darling. Of course. Yeah, and uh, Vincent's coming over. We got Vincent over. Oh, oh, wonderful! I've always wanted to work. I do share the same birthday of him. <laughs> so he's playing a doctor who I can't remember if at this point you find out, but this doctor is working with the body snatchers to yeah. get bodies in, so he can do some research on the bodies. Experiments. We're never told. It's that era. Hell. Yes. Uh, I think it's you know, slightly kind of, too late for that era. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's just another historically, gothic but, ingredient to s- sprinkled well, in, isn't it? Body Birkin snatchers. Hair? When, when yeah. were sort of Birkin I hair think they were in, more in like Edinburgh. the 1820s, weren't okay, they? Yeah, and yeah, they yeah, were so in Scotland. Yes, true. Um, I don't know if body snatching was a particularly big thing in England. When were, when were they working? Please? I'm looking it up now. The Resurrection Men. Um, and then... We go back to the inn. 1828. There we are. So, yeah, yeah. This, this is set 1865. It is. Because Edward's coffin, um, on uh, Edward's tomb, the year of his death is given as 1865. So um, we go back to the inn, which is also a brothel, where you've got the dubbed laughter, the laughter of sex. And you find that um, 
So then well, it comes later on, I have written down oh. that there's much dumb giggling yeah. where um just every scene where there's any kind of sexual <laughs> thing going on, it's like <laughs> right when we get onto the mask in a minute will it's you guys if i go like this (laughs) (laughs) that was my immediate thought For the benefit of the tape, James is holding up a victory's big night. You lying gets. No, you lying gets. That's all I can think. I didn't think of that at all, but now you've said it. It is absolutely the man with the stick. Is that James? No, 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 no. That's the that that's uh, it's the lunch club. It's the human carpets. They just have two carpet samples on their faces, and they both just lie to each other and accuse each other of being liars. Uh, tree wits are based on my torso plus one old half crown. You lying gets. You lying gets, etc. Uh, um, that's that's thirty years old now, James, isn't it? I know, I know. Oh, I I wrote it's Lord of the Rings film. I wrote Lord of the Rings for a mad laugh. You lying get. You lying get. Um. Oh, I've lost my thread now. But, right. So, oh, the, the innkeeper and brothel keeper in the um the laughter of sex brothel is um um got in the back of the neck with yeah. a very messy and bloody blowpipe. Yeah. Uh, um, with a, with what looks like a dart. It's a as thorn, in, isn't it, or something? As in a no, it looks like a dart from a game of darts. All right. Like literally stuck in his neck. Um, not, not the easiest thing to blow at someone down a piece of bamboo but um should have just hired phil the power taylor <laughs> <laughs> barney what's the other one Barnabelle, oh, Raven, Barnabelle. 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 which one is a boob jiggler can we say one of them is I, no, I, think, I think one of them we can say is a boob jiggler can't we oh my sure mm. the crafty cockney eric bristow no 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 it's either it's either Bill the Power Taylor or Van Bar- Barnabel. Which case you've libeled one person. Yeah, well, you can beat this out, please, anyway. Here's a cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. 
system. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So, um, so he's now lying in state in the house of Vincent Price as a stand-in for the brother, the brother who is currently uh, alive but ensconced within the coffin. So you've got to assume yes. at this point, none of the people who have been yeah. invited mm. to see the body of state yeah. have ever met him before in the past. Correct. Yes. That was and my also, note. I was like, but how, it doesn't look anything like your brother. No. <laughs> doesn't anyone go, hang on a minute. <laughs> hang on. That's, he, he doesn't look very How's related to six foot four Vincent Price. But something else that I thought of at the end of the film, nearly the end of the film, all the way through, or, or, well, from about halfway in, a painter turns up and they talk about yes. doing portraits of um, the wife. And there's also a lot of portraits hung around this house of people yes. in um, Victorian dress. Vincent, Vincent is, Price's child bride, we should point yeah. out. <laughs> when we say is, the wife. Then, is there not a portrait somewhere of Edward the, de- yeah. the de- deceased brother who now doesn't look anything like his portrait. That doesn't seem to be because there's a portrait that they return to quite often. And I thought, oh, that's Edward. And then I thought, well, it can't be Edward they. because you don't see Edward. So it just surely the vicar would have would have met him at some point. <laughs> yes. When he christened him. Yeah. So anyway, that's another it, another it's, what? It's a t- <laughs> oh, but, yeah. it's a towering achievement of um suspense of dis- disbelief yeah. plot hole. Yeah. Yeah. Trench um was given a thousand guineas in order Brilliant. to um, give this this, this replacement body. And I looked it up. I looked it up. Um, yeah. Okay, so a thousand guineas. A guinea is one pound and one shilling. Lovely. So that adds up to a hundred, uh, one thousand and fifty pounds. So yeah. one thousand and fifty pounds from eighteen sixty-five today is worth one hundred forty, hundred forty, five hundred sixty-eight thousand pounds and seventy pounds. Wow. That's a lot That's- of money. That's, get, where, that's good payment, isn't it? Yeah, it's a ridiculous yeah. amount of money to get. To- we we also okay, don't we also don't find out what Trench's job is, do we? Because he's been embezzling. It's a lawyer, money, it, but he's, he's also sort of a consigliere. He sort of sorts stuff out, doesn't he? He's uh, he kills mm. people. Oh, he's yeah. very slimy. Oh, so can I can I just sorry just go back to if that's a thousand guineas and a mm. tiny little bag? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, money was money back then, Ross. <laughs> But a thousand of anything. Each coin, maybe each coin is a hundred guineas. guineas. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the hundred guinea coin is the thing. Yeah. But um, so I've written terrible punishment. Why was his face fucked up? God's vengeance. <laughs> we sinned out there in Africa, all right. Plundering. 
their land and we're still stealing their wealth, though they're too innocent to know it. So you have this bizarre twist of um, uh, catharsis and kind of guilt from Vincent Price throughout this film. Um, but you do feel like that the knowing that Chris Wickin was brought in as like a script doctor for this, you do think was he brought in to try and make sense of this rambling script through yeah. these really like clunky like lines that are kind of just shoehorned in for Vincent Price to come out with. Because mm. um, no one talks like that. He says, no. we send out there in Africa, or I, I don't know if this, that's his accent. We send out there in Africa, all right, plundering their land, and we're still stealing their wealth, though they're too innocent to know it. Who talks like that? No <laughs> one does. Mm. Especially not to their child bride. Mm. He's just then, smiling the whole time. Right? And then he just smiles all the time. <laughs> so He's a happy one, soul. At one point, the child bride says, I wish you'd smiled like you used to, used to do. He then does mm. a smile, which it looks like he's being, he's, he's like under extreme duress. Mm. At gunpoint. He's, he's got wind. Yeah, like and that, that's when he tries to kiss her, isn't it? And it's like... Yes, painful. Mm. It's all painful. painful like kissing someone's anus. So this... <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh, anyway then the body ends up in the river yeah just thrown oh, over the yeah. same bridge again yeah same bridge again which yeah. I don't think is very sensible no if you're gonna why don't they just bury the body back where they uh, found have it they, have they dug up a body at this point no I can't remember no because they, no. what happens now is they um, the, the body of Edward is buried and there's like they leave a guard there and then just oh, so yes. happens that the grave robbers who are grave under robbers. the employ of Christopher Lee, Chris, big Chris Lee, kill the um, guard and dig up yeah. the body, and then they yeah. sell the coffin and yeah. the body of the guard to Christopher yes. Lee. Yes, yeah. yes, that's right. But what you don't realise is that these people all live within running distance of each other. Because yeah. yeah. later on, people run. So they, these are all very close together in a very close knit community, and everyone yeah. knows each other. Yeah. I've written at this point when they bury the brother that I love. I always love hearing in a Hammer film or or this kind of type of thing the mumbling vicar doing the last rites at the grave when it's always like, "Oh holy, oh mighty God in heaven, oh so merciful." Uh, we and, I, and it's just, they just make it up because it starts. It's it's always it, it, um they say it, do it at the start of Dracula AD nineteen seventy two as well where it's like. Oh, merciful man, it's like a flower. He liveth, he's cut it down. It's brilliant. I, I just want to learn the whole speech and be able to do it myself. Yeah. I don't know what the speech is, but I want to do it. And what often happens is people will just wander off while this is happening. Yeah, and, while it's happening, and talk and start to talking. another conversation. <laughs> yeah, even if it's your own brother's funeral, that's yeah. enough of that. Let's just go over here <laughs> yeah. and have a chat. Yeah. Talk about the dead brother. <laughs> So Chris Lee opens up the coffin, which he's, yeah. he's recently bought, and he gets strangled by yes. Edward. The first bit of silence in the whole film where any kind of um, momentum can build or atmosphere can build is there's no music while he's opening the coffin and then the hands come out and grab his neck. And that probably is the best part of the film because it's like, oh, I kind of understand what's happening now. Yeah. But at that point, we're only three hours in at that point. 
All you need to do is step away because that person's laying in a coffin and it'd be, it'd be quite hard for them to get out and then continue their attack. This is, this, when this is an ongoing theme of this film. We'll come back to it later on, but the whole time you just think, you could get out of that easily. You, you <laughs> yeah. can easily avoid that. Well, <laughs> easily. But up until this point, Edward is seen as quite um, vicious and dangerous and yeah. someone who who is quite efficient as a killer. Superhuman almost. Superhuman powers. Later on, that person does change his his, um, demeanour somewhat. Um, Yeah. Is that when he goes into the pub brothel party scene? Yes, later on. That scene, I love that scene. There's a lot of dubbed laughter in that, isn't there? Yeah. There's a Ah! lot of... But this is where he gets given given a crimson hood, which um, Chris Ridley must have had in his house somewhere. Yeah. (laughs) I know what you need, my friend. Yeah, it's this crimson hood. Um, which was was going to be the title of the film, and I and I wrote I wrote that before I knew that that it would have oh, been a better name for the film. That is a much better name because the oblong box makes no sense at all. It feels to me like it was written as the Crimson Hood, Crimson Hood, and then they yeah. bolted on the oblong box uh, later day. Yes, um, the Crimson Hood is a great title, isn't it? Maybe when I do my remake, it will be called the Crimson Hood. Yeah, so that's a good. But um, I it does sound this- like a, an infected foreskin. <laughs> <laughs> I've written at this point when Vincent Price and his uh, child bride are wandering in the park again for the 15th time. All the colours and the kind of setting of this film, and I don't know if it's deliberate or not, are so dreary. Mm. And everything looks the colour of putrefaction. It's just the trees look dead, they look dead, their clothes look really kind of dreary and drab and kind of... It just all looks really... Horrible. A bit like, have you seen, is it Crimson Peak? Yes. I'm aware of it. I've never seen it. It looks beautiful. It's a bit like that kind of setting where everything looks kind of faded and kind of... But makes the reds and the yellows really pop then, doesn't it? Yes. But I don't know if in this case it's only because it's shit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They filmed it in January, probably. Yeah. Right, we've got six weeks to film this. Uh, when are we doing it? In June? No, we're doing it in January yeah. and February. Okay, great. Um, Big Chris Lee is like, I don't want any outdoor scenes. I just want to be in um, Shepparton. Yeah. So he puts his crimson hood on and he, and he says to the doctor, you don't need to worry because I only do my prowling at night. Yes. And bearing in mind, the, the other thing that, that kind of got to me about this was that at the start, Vincent Price says, be careful. You know, he just goes mad every now and then. Yeah. Absolutely mad. And then all of a sudden he just, like the moment... From the, when they dug him up and when he puts on the Crimson Hood, he just seems to be absolutely fine. Yeah. Yeah. He's totally in control of his act. He's like, what's yeah. all the mad stuff about? Yeah. Well, he's mad he's because he's locked, to- he was locked up in the fucking loft. That's why he's he was mad. Yeah, yeah, put the hood on. Yeah, yeah I guess. Maybe that, that um, soothes him. And then we have, then we move to TV's May Gray, Rupert Davis, <laughs> who is the original May Gray on TV, finding the body um, of the brothel keeper in the mm. water and then he's dragged out of the water the brothel keeper and there's, there's some really weird dubbed language a dubbed um audio where a policeman is like i hope we can find out who he is <laughs> and um i wonder who he was oh dear poor man kind of thing it's really really weird but it's obviously dubbed yeah and it's the beginning of a plot line that goes nowhere yeah <laughs> yeah Oh, yeah, it, it does there's, go there's, nowhere, there's, there's, there's no nowhere. reason no. for that investigation, or, or it doesn't... And Christopher Lee freaking out about... Not Christopher Lee. And um, Vincent Price freaking out about they hear them possibly discovering 
that oh, yes. you know that guy, that, the, that his brother See, wasn't the brother. I it never goes anywhere. That plot hole. Um, and so then we go back to um, our mate. He's having a bit of a bad time. He says, "My mind's been unhinged. My face destroyed." Which is a brilliant line um, in anyone's book, really. Well, I, felt, I felt like that um, when I turned 40. <laughs> I feel bad for him, to be honest. Yeah. At this point, did you get this? I was watching it on YouTube, and at this point, just as that was happening, it cut off, and two fat American guys yes. in a weird waistcoat started reviewing it. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that was really weird. Yeah. Um, and I'm um, sort of making a big big show of smoking a cigarette yeah (laughs) like they're in um um the sopranos or something at this point we have a weird kind of side addenda which doesn't really go anywhere again where the young guy who's been assisting um trench um has a bit of a go at trench and says i hope i never see you again as long as i live or something i'm going abroad so he goes and gets in a coach then the coach kind of goes off. The guy falls asleep. Then the coach stops. And it turns out the person um, driving the coach is um, Brother Edward with is his it? crimson mask Oh, on. I didn't realise that. I just, want, I just wondered why he went. So it's, it's a bit like Dracula. The, Did in, you fall asleep at this point? No, I, just, I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't realise he was driving the coach. I thought the coach just stopped and then the, the driver disappeared. So, well, yeah. <laughs> what? So it was, the coach is driven to a place. And then the the man pops up. So I thought somehow he stopped the coach and killed the, the coach driver. So I, I didn't get that. <laughs> but it took me ages to realise that um, it was Dracula driving the coach in Dracula. Dracula. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You've got to read the book, I suppose. Yeah. So, um, so anyway, the Crimson Hood then dispatches um, the young guy and slits his throat. And then he spits loads of blood out. It's very gory. It's a very good, yeah, lots of... Um, Quite it's, vicious stabbing. It's quite well, vicious, isn't it? What I've put is, I've put, it's a lot of lo-fi stabbing. There doesn't seem to be any effort put in at any point yeah. by anyone. It's I like when they, they're hammering they do, like, the, the... cutting the... Ne- yeah, yeah, yeah. The like cutting, cutting of the, the throat is very but, bad. It's, it's, it's weak, isn't it? Well, it's like they just dab red paint onto their neck with, yeah. the, with yeah. the edge of blunt knife. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's dispatched, and then we don't really... I think that's it. We don't really... No one questions where he's gone at that point. No. It's just to get a murder in because just, he, he asks yeah. for information. The guy doesn't know the information, so he says, "You're no good to me," and kills him. Kills him. Yeah. yeah. And then Weird. we have party time at the prices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's like the ball at the von traps. <laughs> mm-hmm. It reminded me of the bit in Rebecca where Rebecca um, uh, misses. She doesn't have a name. The winter, yeah, uh, is unveiled as having um, Rebecca's clothes on. Spoilers. But in this, yeah, but in this, you have um, Heather Dwyer or whatever her name is looking out of the window and seeing the hooded man in the window outside where they're having a nice ball. Well, this is this is one of many occur- occurrences where he stands fully um, visible in a window. Yeah. Wearing yeah. a bright red hood, and and, <laughs> no and one sees it. yeah, yeah. But he's also he's get, is he what was he getting out from the underneath the paving stone? Was it money? Because I couldn't tell oh, what nice was nice. happening at that point. Yeah, so, because I think that was they had to give him a reason to be there, and it looked like he was re- retrieving something from under a, a paving stone. But I, you don't oh. ever saw what it was. 
I, I that's something that evaded me. All I liked at that point was a guy who looks like he's he's dressed up as Sergeant Pepper yeah. in the um, Sergeant Pepper artwork, goes to Vincent Price, time you were married. And Vincent Price goes, yes, I agree. And he says it in the most <laughs> bizarre way, like he's been smoking weed all night. <laughs> um, it's just... Oh, Vincent Price is so weird in this film. He's so inconsistent in... in oh what emotions he's meant to be portraying at yes. any point. Yeah. <laughs> it changes from word to word, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. So basically we now up to Sally, the maid yeah. who has been introduced, who is oh, the daughter yeah. of Sid James in um, Man About the House or whatever the no. fuck it was called. So she's like a giggling. She's, she's Vincent Price, uh, sorry, Christopher Lee's maid. Yes. Yeah. And so she, She's kind she, of outed as a slut by the um, cook. Well, she manages... Um, weird. Brother Edward manages us to seduce her, literally by How? walking in a room. <laughs> but whilst wearing, basically, a bit of carpet on his head. Yeah. And she's like, oh, what a charming okay. man. I was oh. like, man, so, slim pickings for the ladies back then. You know, if you've yeah. got one over by this. Bursting out of his um, waistcoat all the way through. Yeah. <laughs> So they have a cuddle, and in the morning she gets called a slut by Chris, Big Chris Lee, who then fires her, and then she fucks off literally 100 yards up the street to go and work for Vincent Price and his wife. Yeah. Um, yeah. So at one point she's called Sally, and then um, the butler later on calls her Shelley, which really? I, it was bizarre. Yeah. Um, and then we then join. Um, I know, like, I'm reading, I sound like I'm reading this off my notes because i am literally reading this off my notes because there's so no, no. much plot in this film it's like um, the crimson days. hood is easily bundled into a brothel i got written yeah there. well yeah, he's, walking, he's walking along and there's loads of dubbed um audio where someone goes yeah what you want that mess on for <laughs> yeah look after you thank you sir hey sir hello you doing anything tonight sir yeah what you got that mask on for Hey, Martha, get hold of him! Hey, governor! Governor! Oh. Oh. <laughs> I'm very sorry, gentlemen. It's perfectly all right. It's all right, sir. Have you been to a party? Looks like he's been to a fancy dress ball. <laughs> Come and have a drink. Oh, thank you, but that's really Why happy time. Come along with us. <laughs> Come to the great gentlemen, you're very kind, but I must be on my way. It's great. Wait till you see what's going on there. Come on. Is that the Prince Regent and things like that? It's all very weird. He can only go out and not. But it's it's very similar to the start of Frenzy where it's like, oh, it's one of them. Oh, it's another one of the necktie killers, isn't it? They said they've been going on around here, isn't it? I wonder if it was the same women that they got to do these voices. Terry did, Jones, isn't it? Did, yeah. <laughs> did the laughter track for um, BBC sitcoms in the 70s when, like, <laughs> they do that kind of noise when, like, um, Ronnie Barker walked in dressed as a woman or something. <laughs> or, um, you know, Compo or would go... Or a <laughs> Oh, Ronnie. <laughs> Doing a song about sticking something up someone's ass. Yeah. Oh, once again, sorry, this is going to be a pause. This, 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 this will be a pause, but I meant to say to you both on Saturday, with, 
when Barry Cryer died, there was an amazing, you know, there was, there was so much stuff about Barry Cryer and saying how good he was. And someone said, oh, do you, like, when you're writing, do you often just write to make the other person in the room with you laugh? And Barry yeah. Cryer said, yes. There were frequently times when I was writing sorry that we just wrote down more, internal scene, you know, uh, internal scene, morning. Ronnie Corbett is having a wank. But <laughs> <laughs> apparently they would just absolutely crack up at just the thought of the scene opening with Corbett knocking one out. It's Timothy. sorry. And I was meant to. I meant to tell you both that. Sorry. Language, Timothy. <laughs> the last episode of that still hangs heavy in my mind. Where was it? Was it him standing over the corpse of his his mother, wiping no, a knife, and, and he says, he's "Sorry." He's in a hot air balloon. He gets he's in, in a hot, hot air balloon, air doesn't balloon. he? Oh. And he just I remember that. <laughs> and he sort of waves goodbye to his mother. He's like, "Bye." Yeah. Um, he sort of gets but he's got a white Allegro as well, I'm sure. And then <laughs> he, he just disappears off in a, in a hot air balloon. balloon. And I can't have seen that since it was transmitted, and it it's really sticked in my mind that it was like such a weird ending. Um, anyway, do you also remember the the larger lady who has the um, cafe in Last of the Summer Wine, and her son who was like a motorcyclist enthusiast yeah. who always always had like a leather biker gear on. Yeah, and yeah. Um, uh, Yvette Field and played their sort of like niece in one episode. When they did like a, a blue piece, like behind the scenes of uh, <laughs> she played a punk. Was the summer wine. Yeah, because that's what Just the what kids were into. Yeah, <laughs> yes, no way. Um. So anyway, so here, so coming up now, we've got the defining scenes of this film. Yes, which is the pub where sex oh, equals laughter. Pub. Yes. <laughs> Where there's lots of debauchery, there's insane violin music, which is like... This is the set piece of the film, because it goes on for ages. So he goes in and... He's bundled in. Previously he could fight anyone, he could do anything, but then... Supernatural powers. Yeah, he just bumbled in, he's like... Now he's bumbling into like sex workers and soldiers... Dwarfs. Lots of lots of sailors, yeah. a dwarf lady. They're all like they're all dubbed, giggling, and they're all fornicating in some kind of biblical way, aren't they? It's yeah. all what like, I've put is this: is, this is when pubs were pubs. Yeah. You wouldn't get this in a weather. You wouldn't get this in a weather spoon, would you? You know, fiddle music, debauchery to this degree. Barefoot table dancing. But there's a distinct there's a distinct lack of magazines decrying the national press and talking about the benefits of Brexit. If the, if this did happen in the Weather Spoons, James, you wouldn't want to see it, would you? No, no, absolutely not. Sorry, dearie. What's he doing in that hood? Must be very important to hide his face. <laughs> Or very ugly, or both. Can I have me tonight, dearie? A load of, a load, no women at all, just a load of 70-year-old red-faced men <coughs> giggling and fornicating with each other. You ne- you never see women in a Weatherspoon. You just see men and whose faces look like um, the bottom of an ashtray. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, he goes in there and he... Bumps into loads of people and, ooh, oh, don't mind me, I'm sure, all that kind of thing. Mm. And then, uh, for some reason, the sex worker that he bumps into 
um, has a foreign accent. Too proud to show your face? Sally? My name is Heidi. But for every taste, we have a name. If you want me to be Sally, I will be Sally. Come with me. He mistakes her for Sally, the um, the maid. Yes. He's like, Sally. And she's like, I can be Sally be if Sally. you want me to be. I've put, it gets a bit kinky at this point. Yes. <laughs> it does get a bit kinky. So um, he goes upstairs with her and it, it's, it has the feel in this part of like a Wild West kind yeah. of yeah. silent film. Bordello. Yeah, it's very strange. She starts cuddling, cuddling her. It has a bit of a grope. And then he's like, Nuzzling on her neck, and she goes, For that, you must pay extra. Well, that's when he rips the dress, that's what he has to pay Oh, I see. Before. Right. Oh, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. So, just very odd. And then what happens, what, what happens to kind of um, tip him over the edge? Um, does a man come in at this point? Well, he, he puts the yeah. money down. They ask for more money uh, for the ripping of the dress, and then her husband comes in, and she says, He's got more money than that. Um, yeah. And basically tries to, uh, uh, you know, Extort. yeah, and and uh, he smashes the husband over the head with a, a jug, and then he slits the throat yeah. of the um of the prostitute. And the, yeah, there's, there's there's another lo-fi stabbing. Yes. Yes. that follows. But then so goes downstairs dispatch. and just bumbles his way out of the um <laughs> the pub. A bit like a, a two Ronnie scene. Yeah, um, you can believe that this character was played by Ronnie Barr. Well, it could um, have been. He's, he's, he doesn't take the mask off at any you point. You don't see him. It could be um. Oh, what was his writing name? I've forgotten his writing name. Oh, uh, have a look, please. Hang on, I'm on it. Something like Gerald Pratt, isn't it? Um, when he used to send the scripts in, and they'd be like, "What genius is sending these scripts in?" How Ger- did he Gerald get- Wiley? Gerald Wiley. Yeah. How did he have the time to perform the scripts and write the scripts well, when he was and in no prison? And no one knew. <laughs> so um so yeah so he's gone and um she's dead he leaves his cape there but they have a massive fight in the bar after yes yeah. it's just like from no this is nothing to do with the story no. we just want to have a big fight, big fight. oh we, we also need to point out that when he when he kills the prostitute she unmasks him and just wigs out when he sees his yeah. face. So it makes you think this is going to be so hideous. Oh, this is so yeah. scary. I'm, I'm really it's looking so forward scary. to seeing this. The scariest thing I've ever seen. Yes. Um, so um, he leaves his cape there, and by a process of deduction, Big Chris Lee is kind of rumbled, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. As being something to do with the murder in the pub. So when the yes. police go around Chris Lee's house... But the magistrates, yeah. there's no police force here. Oh, sorry, so the, yeah, yeah, with their big right. sticks. Um, yeah. Squeaky bum time for big Chris Lee. But Lee, yeah. Edward stands in the window with yeah. the, with in fully in view with his red mask <laughs> on. The gear on. Yeah, yeah. it's not noticed. Chris Lee yeah. gives an alibi, end of that storyline. Yeah. Well, he- <laughs> He's a believable gentleman, isn't he? He's yeah. a Victorian upstanding gentleman. He's a doctor. He was having dinner see- with the magistrate at the time. I think the whole subtext of that story is corruption and collusion in the higher echelons mm. of our um, uh, uh, upper levels of society. And I think that's a uh, uh, chimes accord with today in Britain. Sure. And I think Chris Lee was looking forward to scum like Boris Johnson mm. pushing this country into the gutter, into the mud, 
bringing up the name of Jimmy Savile to Charles <laughs> Ross. Right. You'll edit that out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Right, anyway. I was going to say that further, please. For go, for it, go for it. Sorry. No, no, I can't. No, I can't. It's all, it's gone. It's gone. But Scotchman. So anyway, um, Vincent Price then. Vince, as I like to call him. Vince Price hmm. goes to visit the painter, May Gray, in his studio. And because um, he wants a picture of his child bride. On the wall, he notices very much like a mug shot, painted yeah. from a mug yeah. shot. Not from memory, uh, from a body you've seen upside down, dragged out of a river. More like just a photo. Really. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a painting of the um, uh, in forward slash brothel forward slash sex comedy with club. laughter comedy club. Mm. Um, so Vincent Price, Vince Price is like, um, where do you get? You know, where? Who's that? Where do you get that picture? And mm. May Gray's like, dear boy, you can have the picture. He's more interested in telling him about the diagonals and his painting, which I thought was quite funny. Um, then Vince Price fucks off with the with the drawing, and I think that's the end of that storyline as well. Isn't yeah, it? yeah. But then somehow from from this, Vincent Price comes to the realization that his brother's buried alive, and I couldn't yeah. work out no. how how that realization no. happened. I I was a bit confused at this point. But at this point, we find out that Trench is having a bit of nucky. And mm-hmm. that, but mm-hmm. for him as well, sex equals laughter. Yeah. So he's on his um, chaise long with um, a lady. And, uh, well, I um, thought it was Sally at first because it was dark. Oh, really? But just because I thought, um, why, are they just, yeah, why are they just introducing another character? But <laughs> So he says, oh, it's run out. I'll go and get some more. And she goes, ha, 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 ha. And then he goes, <laughs> and then they go <laughs> together. And it's just like, why, why do people laugh like this? Um, so then um, at this point, um, the guy goes in, the Crimson Hood goes in and um, dispatches Trench. Mm-hmm. Trench has got rid of. At this point, it's a bit like an Eric, Eric Sayward Doctor Who um, story where literally every character gets murdered yep. by the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, um, so then we then go and visit the witch doctor. Um, did he, because, did, did he get the information where the witch doctor was from Trench? Trench. Okay. He tells him he's in Shoreham, Shoreham on Sea, which is a real place. I don't yeah. know why he says Shoreham, but it's weird. But, um, so he goes to visit the witch doctor. Which is assuming then, that's another town then. I would have thought so, yeah. You, yeah. So, again, distances, time between... Yeah. Getting, how do people get from place to place? None of that matters in this film. Uh, and that's why I enjoy it so much. So he goes to... Um, all the way through, I've been saying, like, why does he want to see the witch doctor? That hasn't been explained. Mm. But he goes there. I think he thinks that the witch doctor is going to be able to sort his face out. Yeah. But um, they end up arguing, and he throws a load of... Um, what looks like boiling bovril over the witch doctor's face from the cauldron, which is hot enough to have boiling liquid in it, but the handle mm. is cool enough for him to put his hand on it yeah. and then <laughs> fling it directly over the face of the witch doctor. But this is after the witch doctor has somehow given him a a, oh, yes, this is, a joint this is vision, a joint it? vision, so that he can t- t- find out that his brother had uh, actually killed the 
uh, African child football or why the reason? This, this was my, once again, as mentioned earlier, I'm really sorry. I know it was supposed to be, you know, the, the metaphor and the saying is, you know, imperialist Britain goes over and screws yeah. over Africa. 100% I get it. Mm. But when we actually see the scene, I thought, that kid got, got got out of the way of the horse so easily. <laughs> He's Vincent, Vincent Price's horse. He's galloping out from miles back. I'm like, just jump into the forest. One jump. Bang. Clear of the horse. Yeah. But, so I know that's sort of under... As I was watching, I was like, oh, come on, mate. He, he, you know, even a 10-year-old could have jumped clear right, of that. I, At some point, James is going to be arguing to the police that that person could have jumped out of the jumped way of his car. Jumped out of my car. <laughs> yeah. So we find out, bizarrely and weirdly, that Vincent Price is the one who was guilty of the misdemeanor yes. all along. And Brother Edward is the one who has served penance and had been facially scarred for the crimes. So um, when, he, when he threw the stuff o- over the witch doctor's face, was it implied that he was blinded at that point? Yes, yeah, I thought of, so. Yeah. Because well, act- he was burned. Because uh, later on, he, he appears blind, doesn't he? Because the actor um, himself was blinded um, and ended up, uh, yeah, uh, not stopped, wasn't able to. What continue. in that scene? No, in real in real life, was right. was blinded, wasn't able to continue his acting career. Oh gosh, blinding! Oh, oh really? So he plays the bus driver in the Italian job. Does he? Oh, I presume he could see at that point. Yeah, I imagine mm. so. Yes. Yes. Wow, that's awful, isn't it? Does he do in Chris Lee, Big Chris Lee, at this point? Yeah. Vincent Price is reading out of the newspaper and laughing uh, about, yes. about the murder in the in the uh, the laughing brothel uh, yeah. by the man in the crimson hood. Yeah, because it's just hilarious. And yeah. then uh, then Sally the uh, the maid when hears this drops her freaks out. Yeah, freaks out because she knows that it's the crimson hood Him. from her ex employer's mm. home. She was having can, a cuddle with. Can, can I just say, if you're still listening to this podcast at this point, I love you. Well, well done. Well done. Now, bearing in mind, I watched this film and now having listened to it back, I've literally lost the will to live twice. Not because of Russell John, just, just the general meandering nature of the story. And if you're listening to us blathering on about, well done you. Yeah, a film you well probably done. haven't watched. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes. Um, Carry on. <laughs> Let's talk about it for twice as long as the film, as the film goes on. Yeah. So, um, it's almost finished, I, I promise so you. So Vincent Price goes to Big Chris Lee's house. Yeah. Starts calling in, calling in, hello, hello, hello. <laughs> like his hellos are so unconvincing. Yeah, so he, rides to, he rides to this house, yes. whereas the, the Crimson Hood walks back to the yeah. other house. Yeah. And it take, it's quicker um, for him to walk than it is for Lee to ride. So he goes in, he finds Christopher Lee there, and he says, what's happened? You've seen my brother? No, Christopher Lee's really dead. No, he talks to him. No. Christopher Lee speaks. But he's on the floor, dead. He's, yeah. been, he's been stabbed by... And he speaks to him. Yeah. But Chris just, Lee speaks. Yes, he does speak briefly. But yeah, well, he's got to be alive to yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah, but, but we haven't mentioned that he was being, he's been attacked. Yeah, I, earlier on I said he's oh, been okay. done in. Oh. So I, I've, I've lost the will to live on this one as well. <laughs> Chris Lee has been done in. So um, and Vincent Price utters the immortal line, still warm and straight from the grave, which I think is a good, uh, almost thriller-esque new line. One. Yeah. Um, okay, keep going. How many pages have you got left? I got a, I've only got three lines left. Okay, I've got a page left. 
Right, so, so he it- takes Sally away. So the Crimson Hood, Crimson Creek, now takes Sally away into the woods for some reason. Yeah. Um, and they have a bit of an argument. Then Vincent Price chases him with a shotgun, shoots him in the guts. And then he's rolling around on the floor moaning. He's taking his mask off. It's not, not that bad. He's not very scary. Yeah. <laughs> he looks like nothing the opera, like the it? man. He yeah. looks nothing like the man who they got to be his body. Or double. Vincent Price. Yeah. So he's on he looks like someone from Weatherspoons, basically. There's <laughs> more disfigured, disfigured people in a Weatherspoons than you would... Correct. So they then... Um, so then there's this weird, um, like, postscript where the witch doctor is brought to the grave um, of um, uh, Edward, um, stands over the grave, appears to be blind or blinded, and then there's someone still alive in the grave. No, he, he, he brings him back alive, so that he's then left to be alive it's in it's, the grave. Yes, is that what he does? Alive. The witch yeah. doctor bring, oh, I see. But right. why was he buried with the hood on? <laughs> Why not? Trademark. Yeah. Trademark, Ross. Actually, I'm going to keep it now. Yeah. So I didn't realise that he was brought back to life in the coffin. Yeah. And that's quite a horrible ending. Mm-hmm. So I, but that's I, I just Edgar, didn't, Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe. That's yeah. very Edgar Allan Poe, but I didn't, didn't realise what was going on at that point. So then we, we move back to Heather Dwyer or Hillary or whatever her name is. Very happy to be in her house. Doesn't seem mentally scarred by a husband sh- Any of the events. shotgunning someone to death in the guts. A murderer. Uh, a Mass murderer. murderer. Yeah. Um, so she then, where is Julian? Uh, which is Vincent Price's character, which I don't think we've mentioned at all so far. <laughs> no. Um, where is Mr. Song? So she goes up to find um, Vince, Vince. And um, he stood by the window. So what we should have mentioned a minute ago yes. is that. Um, his brother has bitten him. As he dies, he bites him. He's bitten him gruesomely, gruesomely yeah. on the hand. And is that some kind of transfer of insanity or... Curse. Yeah. But, but yeah. whatever happens, Vincent Price turns around. It, now his face is horribly disfigured. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Not that you could notice because he's looked so wrinkly all the way through this fucking it. film. He basically just looks like he's got a bit of acne. Yeah. <laughs> he just says, oh... He's got, he's got a bit of PVA spilled on his face. Yeah. So he yeah. turns around and he says, it's not Edward's room. This is my, my room. room. Ah! Trash zoom on her eyes at the end. The end. The horror. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do we like this film? Who wants to go first? James can go first. Well, like I said, I, I, I knew nothing of it. Um, and so sort of t- took it as it was, um, as with many of the things, often when I, you know, when I occasionally think of the general witch finders podcast, so I like to do, I do think how many of these films we've gone, the idea is brilliant. Or well, there are so many great ideas in this. It's just executed very badly. Yes. And once again, as John said at the start, this is something that you think could be remade into, you know, there's so many nice, rich tropes in this. The notion of it said, you bring something, you know. The notion of you know, an, imp- an imperial past, which brings mm. something horrific back, but the horror is actually us. What you know, what we went and did out there—that's all in there. Grave robbing—that's pretty good. Uh, you know, kind of you know that that whole kind of era of English history—that's all pretty r- rich as well. But my God, I, it's so plodding. 
is so podding. <laughs> it's it's, it's an so ask, go on. And, yeah, and it's just so, like, I think John described this as one of those consequences where you, someone writes something and then someone else writes something and then someone, it just, just goes on and, and yes. things just meandering. Just storylines just peter off and stop. And yeah. And then there's massive coincidences and then, yeah, I've never watched it in one sitting before, and it's very hard to follow. It's much easier to follow in like three sittings, I find, because mm. you can watch it, <laughs> ruminate, and then watch a bit more. Whereas this, I watched in one sitting, I was just like, whoa. <laughs> and it is very much like a fever dream all the way through. It's quite a peculiar film. Uh, I, I, so uh, let's go to Mark's. Let's go to Mark. Yeah. Okay. One. <laughs> and what's that relative to james oh, no. i can't remember what <laughs> like, i've had a very long day guys yeah. a very very long day yeah, well, it's just one. yeah it's just a one <laughs> i'm gonna give it a one as well no way mm. sorry yeah. john <laughs> what was um so give me tell me what was last time what did we do last time because i feel like that was 3.5 isn't it I can't remember. it was what was it it was um, the haunted, the legend of Hell House. We did last. Yes. Um, what did I give that? You, I think you gave that a two point five, right down the middle. Right. So this is a three for me because I enjoyed it Ooh. more than that. Wow. It's got more. It's got more in it that I enjoy, which is gothic tropes. It's got Christopher Lee. It's got Vincent Price looking really weird and giving a really weird performance. And going, hello, hello, hello. It's got dub laughter during sex scenes. It's just... Uh, I think you just needed to pick one story and then tell it all yeah. the way through. That's the problem. <laughs> yes. I think you could edit, edit this down into a, a good hour and a half film or you could remake it and it would be absolutely excellent. Would you set it now or in the... In the no, I'd set it then. I think the main person I would have would be the guy that I can never remember his name. Rufus Sue would be good in the Vincent Price part. Mm. Um, you know, you could have someone probably closer to his own age as his wife, for instance. Yeah. Um, but I think you could do this really well. I think I'd probably set it in Cornwall. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, you could do this really well now, and I think it would be very good. Whereas this is a very meandering, strange it film. Is. But that's it why is. I like it, and that's cool. why it appeals to me in that way. Because it, it's very, a, a bit like myself, it's very strange meandering. What I, what I did think is that it's the sort, as I was watching it, I was like, the dynamics of cinema over the decades have changed. I know what Ross was saying yeah. about how there, is, there are often like, th- like a lot of the first person shots feel quite modern and things like that. Yeah. But just the sheer nature of the plot and how long it takes. And at one point, one of my notes was, who's the protagonist of this film? Yeah. <laughs> it's impossible to, who's this film actually about? And who must be, everyone wanders in and out at points. It's really weird. And I thought, yeah, you just don't get films like this anymore. No. Even the most art house films yes. are more focused and centred. Yes. I felt like they wanted to make a scene in a brothel um, <laughs> one way or the with other. a fight and then they yeah. built it off the back. Yeah. I, Hell started watching the thing, is it called Chloe? About a missing person on BBC One and the way okay. that was edited and the music. And then I was watching a part of that and then I went to this and I just thought, oh my God, the pacing and the kind mm. of um, technique of doing modern drama is so different now to these films. Mm. Totally. Because it's just, it's a totally different world. But I am much more at home with something like this because it's just so 
wantonly weird and also yeah. just very cat-handed. But we, we, we said when we met up the other day, I said films from then had so much plot and so many different sets and, and characters, whereas horror films now would be people go somewhere, they're chased, and either they, they get killed or they kill the person who's chasing them. The yeah, end. the end. Mm. Yeah, yeah, and that takes an hour and a half. So we're not going to do something horrific this week because we haven't had a chance because we all met up. For the, yes. I think for we, the first time. Yeah. We the, were something horrific. We were something <laughs> horrific. Um, I, we established that, John, we haven't met since for three years. Four in, years. Four years wow. in the flesh. Four now. years next month. Yeah, so we all met up the first time. We had to to um, the Isle of Avalon in Glastonbury. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, yeah, we will be sharing some of, we've already put some of the, the stuff which we did on Twitter, but we will be sharing some more of that um, over the next. With our Patreon with subscribers. With our Patreon subscribers, yeah. yeah. So if you want yeah. to. Um, <laughs> feel the magic. If you want to feel literally. the magic. Yeah. Yeah. There's, pop- there's, mi- there's literally minutes of content. <laughs> yeah, you, you, can have, <laughs> you can share in. Yeah. For three pound a month, you can have, some, you can see. You can listen to John talking to himself while me on on a tape recorder while me and James walked up the tour. So, and I expressed my need for to go yeah, and take a piss. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it through when I put most of it on Twitter already. So you can go and look no, it on Twitter no. for free, or yeah. we will be putting something on Patreon with it all edited yes. together with some yeah. of John's lovely photographs, hopefully. Oh, is that? Can you do that? I'm gonna make. I'm gonna edit all together as a film, John. Yeah, I didn't know you could do that. Lovely. Oh, well, I look forward stuff. to that, Bit of Ken Burns. Ken hmm? Burns effects. You yeah. can't go wrong with the Ken Burns effect, can you? Okay. You can so, zoom in on the skull's face in the taxi. But next time on General oh, Finders, next time we are going to be um, we are going to be going after a heavy hitter. We're going to go for oh. um, a something which I've been a little bit wary about doing because so many people oh, have written God. so much stuff about it. We are going to be doing the Wicker Man. Oh, interesting. Big Chris Lee is back. <laughs> so join in us another for, wig. So join us for that. Point. Join us for Brit Eklund and her body double. Slapping her buttocks. <laughs> oh, God, I saw no, some... Christ, no! <laughs> I saw someone say the other day on Twitter that it was a musical, so maybe we need to look at it. From the point of view that it's a musical. A musical if lens. nothing else, we need to look at like a lot of the uh, the urban legends that yeah, surround yeah, this yeah, film yeah. too. Yeah, I think. Do your research, so well then, boys. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so until then, um, happy day. Be good, everybody. Take peace. care. Bye bye. Bye. Hello. 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 Ah. You have been listening to the General Witchfinders. <laughs>
uh it's great to see him on something like the brits which is so like bland and mm. generic now uh, like every genre of music just sounds like shit pop music as you said on twitter james yeah not for me it's like yeah. nothing there's no differentiation is there no i know it's me being a middle-aged man but yeah. it's you know it's that whole thing of what is this yeah. who are these people <laughs> yeah i'm confused Where's Mick Fleetwood? (laughs) (laughs) Um, That could have been the name of what We could do a music podcast called Where's Mick Mick Fleetwood. That, for me, I I think we were ruined. You know, there was such a high watermark with the Brits of Mick Fleetwood and Sam Fox when I was at a very impressionable age. Nothing will ever be as crazy and ramshackle as that. So every time it's not, I'm like, hmm. I always get the Brits and the the whole winner's party thing mixed up. I don't think... They haven't done the poll winners party for quite some time, please. <laughs> Smash hits uh, no longer exists, right? Uh, <laughs> I think I, they stopped that about 10 years ago. Did Will Smith abseil from the ceiling at the poll winners party? Yeah, and he did boom, boom, shake the room. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the end of... Um, I remember when um, Carter, the uns- one of Carter, the unstoppable <laughs> sex machine, jumped onto Mark Owen as he was winning uh, Best Haircut. <laughs> and, 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 are you recording this? Yes. <laughs> and they rugby tackled Pip Schofield, didn't they? When they cut yes, him off early, that's who was presenting it. Yes. <laughs> when he was still dying his hair and yeah. and um, heterosexual. Yeah. <laughs> well, he yeah. he was always homosexual, but let's say but that he was um, still closeted in denial. at that point. Yes. <laughs> On that bombshell. This is, Ross, this is one to, to cut out, but just on the uh, the theme of, fucking hell, how old are we? Mm. Um, I figured out the other day from this uh, this new book that I got that mm. we, that all three of us are currently mm. the same age as Darth Vader when he dies in Return of the Jedi. <laughs> he's supposed to be 44 when he dies. I was like, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's so really? depressed. You think all yes. the stuff he did in his life. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So it's like 44. But is that, but is that Earth years or Hoth years? Oh, well, whatever. But you know, when you're thinking, like, Jesus, he, he just seems so old and craggy, Sebastian, Sebastian Shaw. <laughs> but he takes the money, it's like, that's how old I am. Yeah, anyway, okay, Ross, you can but, cut that out or put yeah, it in. But, no, you, but you weren't pushing to lava, though, were you? So, you know, no, I'm not like, pushing exactly. to lava, correct. You were the chosen one. Chosen one. <laughs> All right, sorry, sorry. But... Oh, oh, oh. oh. Constantly, sex. There you go. That's the sound of it. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.